listening to Contesting Wrestling episode uh, mini mini sode sixteen, uh, in which we talk. Uh, much to my chagrin, again about John Cena because this is the pattern dun, 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 dun. we've locked ourselves into. Yes, um, he is America. He, I mean, he is America. That is true, and we're all very tired of America. You were you were talking about how like you know he has this thing where he's both the underdog and you always know he's gonna win, which is kind of like Hulk Hogan. And that's I think South Park made this point about America, mm. like we can always have it both ways. Oh yeah, like you know that yeah. was that was definitely South Park. That's, we'll do yeah. a horrible thing, and then we'll protest it. Right. That's also in um, Umberto Eco's famous piece on Ur fascism mm. on the uh, essential core of fascism. He says uh, one of one of the traits that fascists always have is the enemies of fascism. The people that fascism vilifies are always simultaneously weak and strong. Yeah, you know, you're always like the the Iron uh, Curtain is going to take over, and yet it is, you know. Inferior to yes, us. yeah. All those guys, you know, on on the left are like uh, beta ma- weak beta males, and yeah. also they're going to come and kill our entire family. Like the, the Mexicans, so- simultaneously are going to suck up public resources and not work and take they all of jo- the jobs. Exactly. We're good at that's that. John yeah, that's, that's John Cena. Yeah, that's John Cena. That's John Cena all the way. He takes all Poor of the John jobs. Cena. Uh, uh, he he doesn't do any jobs. He's done a fair amount right, of jobs over jobs. the years. He didn't, you know. Well, a mark of a really great uh, top guy is that you can still do jobs and, and it doesn't do anything bad for you. The Rock could do that. The Rock lost to everybody all the time and uh, nobody noticed. Along those lines, Doc, you were saying at some point, you know, historically, people haven't voted for villains who have presented themselves as villains. In general, yes. Why are we now voting for villains so y- you often? You know, I look at just the arc of pop culture really over the last, like since like postmodernism in the eighties or whatever. And it's gone from, you know, very colorful, almost childlike uh, baby face kind of stuff everywhere through to like the, the, the shades of gray of alternative to the, the darker exploration of the human psyche then that came in the early two thousands and so on. And eventually that led us to just liking the villain, you know, like and I'm not just talking about wrestling. Like, look at how big like Doctor House was, or Breaking Bad was great because we love the villain. We love playing Grand Theft Auto, or we're Joker, the, guys, the villains, Joker, and so on. So we're much more fascinated with the villains. And there's many reasons for this. At this point, if anybody ever tries to present as the good guy, we immediately find the flaws in them so badly we don't want to follow them. But we can I, see all the flaws in the villain, and we love them. I, I am hoping that. Um, 2020 winds up being sort of an inversion of the 1980 election because in 1980, uh, Jimmy Carter ran on a message of like, look, like we're facing some really difficult times uh, economically in terms of foreign policy. Like we're going to have to really think about what kind of future we're going to build because we've had all these issues. And Ronald Reagan was like, it's fucking morning in America. Right. And everybody was like, oh, yes, that guy, please. And um, and then not say there weren't issues with Carter. But um, and that's the I, I feel like, you know, for a long time we've been we like villains because villains are, are a more honest. Right. They're like they're just like, I'm I'm a villain. This is what I want to do. I want to do villainous things. Yeah. And we we appreciate that they're being honest and straightforward with us because we don't trust when the good guys say 
that, oh, I'm a good guy, I want to do good things, we're like, well, we don't buy that anymore. Right. Um, that's on a recent episode, you know, I was talking about how uh, watching new Star Trek shows, I haven't seen Picard yet, I'm just talking mostly about Discovery, but also, like, it, it's kind of got this weird dissonance where Star Trek was really predicated on, on this idea that we could, as a society, imagine and buy the idea of a utopia, and that's just not something we can do anymore. It's yeah. not something we view even in our fantastical fictitious stories we're like well yeah but like nobody's we're not going to have a perfect society like what's kind of interesting about cena uh in this context and you were talking about how like it's weird because his character is sort of that he is inauthentic yes you know everything he does is marketable he's a giant billboard um we don't believe him as a real good guy and yet because he refused to turn heel Despite half the crowd booing him, yeah. despite so many people calling for him to turn heel, that gave him a sort of authenticity. That gave him a sort of integrity, a weird new postmodern kind of integrity. Well, he was what he presented, and that's all that he was. And it's this is uh, splitting hairs, kind of, but you know he's inauthentic, but he was also consistent. Yeah, right. And exactly. he was also hustle, loyalty, and respect. And he was true to himself and in his inauthenticity. Right. Yeah. Where like it was just like, especially after a while, it's just like I've been John Cena for so long in an unbroken yeah. chain, and that people were just like, well, even though I have issues with the internal contradictions of the character of John Cena, taken as a whole. I know exactly what I'm getting. I know exactly what he's doing. And he does, he shows up, he does the job. He's really good at, you know, uh, yeah. at, at all of the things that you need to be good at yeah. in professional wrestling. How long, how many years can you criticize the thing you criticized about it at first when it has solidified so much more? Especially when you're still watching it the whole time. Yeah, right. Like A, a few months ago, like on SmackDown, like The Miz had a great line where, you know, somebody was, you know, dismissing him as a guy who came from Hollywood and reality television. He said, I've been in the WWE for 15 years. How long do I have to be a professional wrestler before that's what you think of me of first? And he's right. One thing that's kind of inconsistent about Cena, we mentioned uh, the Saudi Arabia shows. Yeah. And we weren't sure which ones he had done and which yeah, ones he yeah. hadn't done. He did do the first one. The first one. The okay. greatest Royal Rumble. Right, the greatest. I thought he did, like, Ugh. the first one. He had, like, a slow match with, like, what, Triple H or something? I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. But he did the first one. What I do know about it is that he came out and gave a long speech about how much he appreciated being invited there and how much yeah. respect he had for the country and, like... All the fucking propaganda bullshit, right? Right. And then he refused to do any of the other ones. Yeah. Why? Because he started to become a star in Hollywood, and his crowd is not down with that shit at all. Yeah. No, also, nobody's down with that. Like that, I feel like one of the most bipartisan things in that we have. Even the Republicans were be when when the um uh the Khashoggi killing exactly. Um, I wasn't going to try to pronounce his name myself because uh, yes, I yes. hadn't Khashoggi. mastered that myself. Khashoggi. Yes. That's, uh, that's the anglicization that's, of it. Yeah, yeah. We that's are anglicized. Yeah. Um, I did take Arabic for a semester and a half. Uh, but you want to give don't... it a shot? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when that was happening, even the Republicans were begging Vince McMahon to back out of his Saudi deal, and he didn't. 
<laughs> well, that's uh, it's it's just like I you know maybe bipartisan is the wrong word because politically actually uh you know the people are um like Congress is very much on the side of Saudi Arabia but everybody else in the country is not yeah. nobody thinks that it's good that we have such deep economic and military ties with well, them. I think you're ignoring that a giant block of people don't care. Well, yes, uh, that is. But I would say even, I bet even the most broadly apolitical people who don't really give a shit, I bet if you ask them, like, how do you feel about <laughs> Saudi Arabia? Like you're, I mean, like, and maybe a lot of times you'll just uh, they won't like them for like racist reasons, which yeah. isn't good. But I feel like even even people who really don't pay attention are going to have a generally negative feeling. I, about I think them. most WWE fans do not like this Saudi. Stuff. I think you're right. Yeah, it's really it takes away from the whole rest of the product. Yeah. They they promote the Saudi shows and they give a lot of. TV time to developing them. They're 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 getting so much money from this deal. Because it's also like it's not like they're fucking setting up. I, I you know okay. I will admit I don't know this. I'm making some assumptions right yeah. here. You can tell me if I'm right or not. But it's not like they're setting up. Uh, you know, in a major city in Saudi Arabia, and then like just the regular old people who live there get to go. I am sure that, I mean, they are being invited by MBS and it is probably like, you got to know somebody, no, no. know somebody to get it. They're doing gigantic stadiums. So you can see in the front rows, like uh, the, the Arabian like aristocracy mm. that are there, but then there's 50,000 people from the area. And like, especially with, these are pure propaganda shows. The way the tickets go is that if you, if you buy a ticket, um, you also have to bring either like your wife or your mother or your daughter so that we can show everybody that we have all of the women here at our entertainment events. To show people how progressive towards women the that they are. Some of the tickets are reserved for like... Certainly the ones in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. But yeah, those are the tickets. That, but they do put tickets on sale to the general public for that. Uh, because I think they want the to first show. ones did really well. Yeah. And then there were diminishing. And sales it, it's not that. like it's not like the giant super show that WCW and New Japan put on <laughs> in North Korea where attendance was mandatory. It's not like that. And hence was the most well attended wrestling show in history. Yes. Yes. It's it's uh, there are several uh, sinister things about the show, but it's not it's not like that. Also. And like, I mean, <laughs> North Korea is not great. You don't really want to be supporting them, no. but like, in terms of like, w what is a dark force in this world? <laughs> like, I, you know, North Korea's got the, um, I think they've got the GDP of like Birmingham, Alabama, or yeah, something like that. They have like a that. lot of bluster, but if they ever like really got to do anything, immediately South Korea yeah. and Japan and like even China, who's who's like North Korea's ally, I think it's pretty much yeah. on the condition of don't actually attack yeah. anybody who we don't really want a land war like, anywhere like and i just you can you can tie like saudi royal oil money to both like isis and uber like it's just it's it's ever it's just the whole spectrum of what's terrible about the planet earth in 2020 can yeah. uh be linked back to uh saudi oil money it's good stuff john cena but, wait, but talking <laughs> oh, a little good. bit more about wwe's uh financial situation in general i was looking at the reports the q4 reports yeah uh, house show attendance down yeah tv ratings down uh 
network subscribers down. Yeah. They made the most money they've ever made. Revenue up. <laughs> Revenue up. Mostly because of the Fox deal. <coughs> Fox right, paid them a shit ton of money for a show with dropping ratings. Well, for 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 television content, which is more and more. Are they on, a fo- are they on Fox now? They're on Smackdown. Fox. Smackdown is live every Friday night on Fox. Wow. Fox, Fox, right? It, and it's the biggest TV deal they'd ever signed. The metrics are always so hard to really parse with with uh, WWE because the the significant ones change from decade to decade at one point the biggest bottom part of the bottom line was clearly live events now it's like they're waning they're running fewer of them and it doesn't really hurt them it doesn't hurt their bottom line anyway um then it was like pay-per-view buys but they cannibalized pay-per-view buys for the network and it was a risky move and five years on they were way ahead of the curve they were like no over the top style network where everything's just on a subscription service and it, it's been a big success for them. Not as big as they said it was going to be. And yeah, subscribers are down like 10%. They'll probably go back up this quarter because WrestleMania is in this quarter. That happens every year. But still, it's like the bloom is kind of off the rose with the WWE Network. Uh, but right, they, make, they made so much more money just delivering more television content. And of course, the Saudi deal brings them millions of dollars. So. It's just like a, such a microcosm of what's wrong with American capitalism, you know, where yes. people can make tons of money delivering a, a worse product that people just fewer people. Well, and, yeah. and and then the answer is always going to be like, well, what? I mean, what what was I supposed to do? Obviously, right, exactly. I, I, you know, my responsibility is to maximize my profits and I, you know, shouldn't really have to consider other things. And. Yeah. You know, so they're then so well, yeah, obviously to, we'll 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 help Saudi Arabia whitewash their image in exchange for hundreds of millions of dollars because it would be irresponsible to our shareholders if we didn't do that. So like a, a few days ago, um they fired a couple of top corporate executives. Uh, you know, a guy named George Barrios and uh, Michelle Wilson, two people who had been executive vice presidents like for real, not TV characters, like real executive vice presidents. Uh, for 10 years or more. <clears throat> George Barrios, yeah. He'd been, yeah. Barrios had been there for a long time. And we still don't really know why. You know, they were like, oh, are the Q4 numbers bad and they want to fire people? Well, the Q4 numbers were fine. The revenue was fine and all that. Um, the stock price tanked about 10 points and it went up back up about five points when the report came out. Like, oh, no, I guess they're okay. Um, and like, who knows? Maybe they see like, all right, if we keep doing this, eventually everything's going to collapse. We need to shake things up on a corporate level, even because TV ratings do keep going down and they can only go down so far before the networks start like shelving them. Literally from the peak of raw, a third to a quarter of the people watch raw than they used to. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. We were talking about overruns and, uh, Evan had asked, uh, like what um, do people tune in because they want to watch burn notice or whatever afterwards? I think it's more that people just finish watching whatever show that they're watching and just start flipping channels for something else. And WWE is hoping to catch them mm. in that five to 10 minutes uh, when they, when they haven't decided what they're going to watch. Are people and, still doing that? Well, they don't have the overruns anymore. Yeah. Fairly recently, like a like a year ago or so, they USA was finally like no more overruns. The show is until eleven because the overrun was getting longer. First, it was like four or five minutes, and then it had gotten to be sometimes fifteen minutes. Whoa, After yeah. watching three hours of Monday Night Raw, they're still going. So the overruns started during the Monday Night War. Nitro started doing it. 
uh, and they started starting the show earlier. They were like, we both start at eight. Can we start at seven fifty eight? And so then they'd start at seven fifty eight, and people would already be watching Nitro. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just dirty tricks like that that are unnecessary these days. Another reason for the overrun is if you want to create the illusion that it's you know um, not predetermined. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you also want it to be so that you don't have to end in the middle of a match, mm. which they did for a while. Back in the day, yeah. Um, you know, you're gonna have to let it go over so you can finish that last match or segment or whatever, yeah, whatever is going is. on. Um, Tricky, yeah. Uh, a point I wanted to make about the Greg Kali, he actually got in trouble because uh, we mentioned that he was actually a Punjabi prison guard. Um, he didn't tell them that he was leaving to go become a wrestler in America. <laughs> so when he got back, they were upset with him for having abandoning his post. I, I mean, yeah, funny. you shouldn't do it. <laughs> give notice. Give you two weeks. Like, um, yeah, especially they, you know, that's they're they're, they're expecting you to show up at, as, as at a prison, prison guard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I bet you um, not a lot of people have ever told Kali you can't do that. Yeah. To anything. I knew a guy who was um uh that I was, when I was working at um a popular supermarket chain I knew a guy who was like oh man like I found this job you know I have a buddy of mine does this and it's like training to become a prison guard and then you can make a bunch of money and I was like you seem like a like a nice guy man like I can't you you know you would make a terrible prison guard and he was like Oh, like that's not very supportive, and I'm like, that's a good thing. <laughs> if you would, the if you would make a bad prison guard, like, because you're a good person, good people right. are not good at guarding the pr- prisoners in well, American jails. I feel you like want a you want a measure of like. Well, I don't know. Sorry, I yeah, feel like the Stanford prison experiment showed that like pretty much anybody can be made into a good prison but hasn't, guard. But hasn't that been completely <laughs> yeah, debunked? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, not completely debunked. But... No, because he 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 fucked up the data because he like uh, at least everybody who's participated it came out and been and said like, oh, it was really really clear what they wanted. Like it was yeah. like implied to them heavily what result everyone sure, was going sure, for. Sure, yeah, yeah, there's all kinds of I was. I I, I will we'll do some more research and uh, come back at the next minisode, but I'm pretty sure that like everything that the Stanford prison experiments supposedly like uh, proved or implied uh, has been like com- like just the pr- the experiment itself was completely flawed. None of that data is well, trustworthy. I mean, the the it's worth vast majority of social psychological research has been called into question over over the last few years. Yes. It's, it's a, a crisis in yeah. the discipline, actually. <laughs> but yeah, sure. I, I I was more getting at you uh, with it as a joke there. But Oh, yeah. sorry. Right. Sorry. I mean, it wasn't, I guess it's not that good of a joke. <laughs> Intellectualism is not a joke, um, Ben. Das yeah. Experiment is still a fucking hell of a film. Oh, no, I don't think That's I ever a, saw the it. The dramatization. Yeah. The Stanford Prison Experiment. Um... Yeah, I was trying to think of where I, li- I listened to. Uh, one of the best podcasts you could ever listen to is "You Are Not So Smart." Uh, we <laughs> talk about um, uh, like cognitive biases and things like that, and it's really cool. And they had a whole they do a bunch of debunking episodes. Um, no. They talked about that. So we were talking about uh, 
Brock Lesnar's comedic acting during that match with John Cena. Yeah. And I just wanted to mention when he jumps off the stairs and completely flops out of the <laughs> ring. Yeah. Um, he reacts brilliantly. He just cracks up. He cackles to himself like yeah. that was amazing. That I did that. <laughs> and then goes and goes for it again. Uh, John Cena recently came out and said that he believes Brock Lesnar is the greatest WWE superstar of all time. Yeah, wow. he, he thinks that he's the best overall about doing, you know, what what we do. And, uh, yeah, that's Cena's opinion. He's entitled to it. He's been in the ring with Brock several times. You know? I mean, Bro Brock is certainly a unique force yeah. and has also been around for a very long time. It's the kind of thing that people don't want to put him on lists like that because he's such an effective heel still. But really, he's every time he's ever been there, he's been on top. He's been on top everywhere he's gone, almost the entire time he's been around. Because you can't do anything else with him. He's clearly this crazy destroyer that's either going to be the champion or a constant threat to the champion. Um, I've said before he, he's getting like he's starting to get like the Andre the Giant kind of aura about him, which they're encouraging and it's working. Uh, he's more evil than Andre the Giant. <laughs> Have they ever done storylines where they um, mix up the manager? Like they get Heyman out of there and swap in? Like, because him, so, him and Heyman are a great combo, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just mean in terms of like a way to keep his story interesting. When he, uh, when he first turned heel in the WWE in like 2002, they put Heyman with him and it was great. Before that, he had nobody. Uh, when he came back and faced John Cena there after his MMA career, they had him with nobody also. And they had him do like a couple of long WWE promos on Monday Night Raw. And as legend has it, they had him do like a 15 minute promo to start Raw like the top heel does. It was bad and it tanked. And he walked to the back. He said he took one step through the curtain, looked at Vince McMahon, who's producing the show himself, and said, get me Paul Heyman now. They got him, Paul Heyman, and he's been with him ever since. There, there was also that short period of time where Heyman turned on him in yeah. favor of first the big show and then Kurt Angle. We right, were there right. for that. Oh, I was but, there for that. No, turn. no, we I was, were, I was there, there for that, too. Survivor Series 02. How, how was Lesnar's MMA career? Um, it was very successful. He uh, was the champ. He didn't have that many fights as far as that goes, but they programmed him on top immediately within, like, he lost his first fight. Um, if you looked at the two guys after the fight, you would guess the other guy lost the fight. It was it was a Pyrrhic victory. He managed yeah. to grab him and tap him out. Yeah, he, he snaked himself around Lesnar and pulled his arm behind him. And you could see Lesnar be like, oh, he got me because he did. But within three fights, he had won the UFC heavyweight championship. He defended it a couple of times. He had a couple of gaps in his MMA career because he needed surgery for diverticulitis. Yeah. They took a bunch of his intestine out. So he had to give up the title because of his diverticulitis. And then eventually he came back to yeah. reclaim it, and that's when Cain Velasquez beat him. Yeah, he, he won it back, and Cain Velasquez uh, like decisively beat him. And it was the first time anyone really decisively beat him. And he only had another fight or two after that. I guess it is weirdly comforting to know that, like, yes, Brock also can for real kick your ass. Like, so, it's not just an it's not just an incredibly elaborate character. An interesting pro wrestling like note about Brock Lesnar's MMA career. So you have the standard, uh, what, four-ounce gloves, is it? Three-ounce gloves? I'm not much of an MMA fan, but there's a standard weight for the gloves. And the company that, like, makes most of them went up to 3XL, and they had to custom make 4XL MMA gloves for Brock's gigantic destroyer hands. 
because the three XL just wouldn't fit. Meaty hands, Brock. Yeah. So one of his more recent fights, I think his last one or his second to last one, the one yeah. against Mark Hunt, was that his last one? I think that was his last one. Um, it turned out that he was juicing. Yeah. Oh, Brock was. Right, yeah, Brock. He was. Like it, he 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 somehow. Like didn't get tested until after the fight. Well, they they like, test you somehow... after the fight. They test you directly after the fight. So yeah, he was totally on steroids or something. A big illegal. complaint with the fighters is that they spend all that time cutting weight and then they rehydrate and then they fight and then it's like you win. It's like you're gonna celebrate. It's like no, give me some water. I have to pee within the next two hours or I'm disqualified. Over the years, the UFC has, like, they really have, like, overly restrictive, like, testing policies. A lot of people have complained about it. And it ends up, they don't catch Mark, everybody, Mark but they have a lot of... About it. What? Mark Hunt com complained yeah. about the they, they have false positives a lot of the time where the fighters will much later kind of clear their names after... And this is the first suspension is, like, two years now. Um, I mean, they're hardcore about it, but there you go. Alrighty, Do we have a... Uh... Anything else? Well, I'd like to, to properly plug our Patreon. Yes. That's patreon.com slash contesting wrestling. We do a whole other episode, a full episode every week. Uh, by now, we have, what, 16 of them up? 15 or 16 of them up? Um, uh, yeah, well, yeah we, 16 or up. We have a growing archive. We do episodes that generally complement our regular episodes. We go more in-depth on a wider variety of wrestling. It's a little looser, but it, we spend just as much time and effort putting that out there. Uh, we appreciate everybody that signs up for our Patreon. You're really helping us put it together. It's very encouraging that people have. Uh, so check us out. If you like the show and you want more of it, do so. We have plans for the future, and they will remain plans until we record them. But there you go. Once again, patreon.com slash contesting wrestling. For five bucks a month, you get a lot more content. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at ContestingW. Um, and uh, tweet at us for any reason. Yeah, put us, put us in your mentions. Yeah. Algorithm. Good. Uh, yes. Um, Acronym. Bad. Yeah, very bad. <laughs> don't name, don't name uh, your company that for whatever. It just sounds bad. Also, I mean, don't name, don't it, name your company Shadow. If you were gonna name it acronym, at least make that an acronym for something. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a meta acronym. <laughs> that would be clever, but I don't think they did that. Yeah, and um, they're also just bad. Yeah, we're general. we're recording this uh, in April of 2027. And the <laughs> Iowa results have still not come in, even though the water wars are in full swing. So, from the future, goodbye. The future. Good night to democracy. <laughs>